Hello, bonjour, hola, guten tag, buongiorno, bienvenue, hello, <laughs> and a very warm welcome to the European Football Show, or TEFs as we like to be for short, the podcast that travels all across Europe, and due to recent fixtures, we now travel the world, <laughs> to find you the next best stars in the beautiful game that we call football. I'm Marcus Savage, and walking out of the tunnel with me today, I quite like moving away from insults now that we're not... I think we're, we've become friends again after <laughs> digging out all of our deep and darkest secrets and insecurities <laughs> on Spotify and all other podcast providers. The two people that join me today are two people that share a common ground. And how they share a common ground is by one word, letters. How do you think, you both, that you share this common ground of the word letters? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm I am so I am so cryptic. Letters. Such a deep thinker. Letters. But both thing. of our first names have four letters. That's actually a lot more impressive than the reason I've come yeah. up with. Oh god. No, I mean I've What do you nothing. think? Ah, okay. Well, Jack used to pound the streets of Salisbury being a postman. Mm. And what does a postman deliver? Uh, newspapers. Letters. Letters and, no. other, and other packages. <laughs> Joel pounds the keys on his keyboard because he's a journalist. And what are on keyboards? Letters. Letters, oh, yes. Okay, okay, there what we go. What a start. Ah, we're oh, in. Tenuous. Straight off the bat. <laughs> so, yeah. So, ex, ex Royal Mail, uh, ex Royal Mail legend, that. Jack Brooks. Yeah, nice. And... Uh, journalist Joel Holt. How are we both? You all right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm I'm great. Thanks, Marco. First week for a couple. I'm, I'm not feeling ill. I feel refreshed. I've got about four hours sleep. I'm ready to go. Excellent. How do you miss do you miss being a postman? Yes, I do. I was I would what, change, what about it? <clears throat> I would never change working in football full time for anything, but if I wasn't in football, I would be straight back if possible to Royal Mail. I just think it's brilliant. It does. It just needs common sense and a good attitude. You, you get up early, you're done early. You're home at two o'clock, feet are up. You've got eight hours before bed to just do what you want. You know, when you when you work in a, as a football coach or even a nine to five, you, the time you get to yourself in the evening is pretty low once you take in, you know, a, a dinner, a tea, a TV show or whatever. It's, it's, the postman is brilliant. I love getting up early. And, uh, apart from the shorts, apart from the shorts, well, ten miles a day walking, keep fit as anything. Mm. What we will do is just be organised. What? Yeah, all right, mate. What about in the dark days, in the winter days when it's freezing cold? Coat coming down with rain. Yeah, yeah. Well, coat, the rain, right. the rain's a problem. Yeah, the rain is a problem. But cold I'm hands, outdoor, cold I'm an outdoorsy boxes. person. I, as you know, I tried to be in a state agent for three months years ago, and it was indoors in an office. And I put on about two stone in those three months. I'm a, yeah. I, I'm an animal that shouldn't be caged. I need to we be have, released. We did have a wild. meal deal. We did have a meal deal every single day, and every Friday we had Fat Boy Friday. Mm. <laughs> that was horrific. That was, was a, you, you just yeah. couldn't work afterwards. It, but it Friday two till five, you'd be asleep. Most yeah. people in in <laughs> in like high high octane jobs like uh, estate agency, they like to go out after on a Friday, don't they? Have a few beers. We were asleep. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I didn't know that you liked posting that much, but great job, Joel, mate. Recommend it. 
Joel. Yes, journalist. mate. Are you are you one of those How are we? getting journalists? That yeah, I'm all right. First and foremost, I just wanted to know about your your journalistic your I suppose your habits. Are you one of those go getting journalists? Do anything to uncover the truth. Can't sleep. Has a whole has a whole bedroom wall full of red red <laughs> string and pictures of all your all the things that you're going through at the moment. I might be might be getting job confused. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe slightly with a detective. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm certainly not a, you know a constable or a uh, sergeant. <laughs> but um, no, I mean sometimes that effect. When I was a journalist, um, quite a few years oh. ago. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, isn't it, where you're constantly thinking about different stories and uh, waking up thinking, right, what about that lead? I'm going to follow that through. You know, local, you ever, local journalism's slightly different, but um, yeah. Would you ever bend the truth in your articles? No. That was not convincing. No. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was very convincing. No. No. <laughs> so the job of the journalist, of course, is to provide you with the facts and you just make up your mind with whatever story it is, whether it's a court story or a sports story, I'll give you all the facts and then you can make your own decision at the end of it. Um, nice. So, <laughs> nice. of course, you know, there is journalistic licence, but of course, keeping, you know, within the facts. So, nice. um, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, very much so. I was in the journal nice. for five years. Um, had uh, the light of covering all the non-league football, covered Salisbury home and away in the National League. That was really good, as well as covering all the, the Wessex League as well. So built some really good yeah. contacts over the years. Nice. And um, yeah, you know, writing about football, watching football, not a bad job, is it? So absolutely um, not, absolutely not. Can't complain. How was your How was your week anyway? How's tennis? Yeah, haven't played tennis uh, this week as yet. Might, might play tonight for club night. We've got a couple of crucial games coming up towards the uh, the end of the season, which would probably uh, hopefully clinch us promotion if we win. Uh, but I sound a bit middle-aged for this, but I'm actually spending a lot of time gardening uh, over the last <laughs> week. So I know you are God, right. game's gone. <laughs> you are right. Game's gone, You're right. It? That does sound like um, Yeah, I know. I've been doing, redoing our patio and yeah, doing a few few uh, things out there but uh be nice to enjoy the weather as it's uh starting to <laughs> God, i sound so boring but i was thinking what am yeah. i doing this week i've literally been gardening that's all i've been doing i'm gonna go i'm gonna garden yeah i'm gonna garden enjoy the weather i should, I should, I should, I should be in the garden with this podcast but uh yeah other than of course the, the euros and i was trying to write down what have i been actually doing gardening that's literally what i've been doing for the past week <laughs> intensely so uh sorry it's uh quite sad nice, for the listeners but no, uh, don't, 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 don't even come to me marco just let's start talking about football because gar- oh, we've got to okay. get off gardening yeah <laughs> we've lost we've lost some listeners haven't we yeah i think we have sorry you've come you've, to you've me come to listen to the, you've, <laughs> you've tuned into the the european yeah. f- european foot show with alan titchmarsh <laughs> ground fours right so this week guys to popular demand We've been mm. inundated with requests to cover the Euros. That's actually a lie. We've just run out of ideas. <laughs> Nowhere to go to. <laughs> so we're now covering the Euros. And also, we actually took a bit of a, not criticism, but I had a few people go, you're the European football show. Why are you going to Brazil? Why are you going to America? Well, like I said, cheeseburger isn't 100% cheese and burger. We've, you have all the added extras, and that's what we are. But no, this week we are in the Euros, where what we're going to be doing is covering the group stages for you. And we're going to have two groups each with other six groups. And we'll go through that later. But before we start anything, guys, what are our favourite memories of the Euros or favourite goals or anything like that, Jack? I think I've got two. 
Um, and the first one, which was uh, shared with you, Marco, um, Daniel Sturridge oh. versus Wales. The, the, I remember the day, mm. it was during the period that um, me and Marcus were both estate agents and the game was on, at, I think, maybe two o'clock. So we were at work and we we're begging the boss, please. We just, you've got to surely let us watch England v Wales at a tournament. And he sort of said, look, I'll do your deal. If you can both get five, uh, what was the word, Marco? Five sort of... I think um, viewings, wasn't it? Viewings, that's the word. Thank you. Viewings each. Yeah, so time. viewings, obviously you go to the, just for those who aren't ever been estate agents, viewings are when you go to a property and look around it. And as an yeah. estate agent, that's one of the things you're targeted for is how many viewings on a house you can get a day. And five, don't know if it's good or bad. Um, I like to think it's quite good. So it's five so we, each. Was it five each? It's five each. So we were calling in the ringers. Yeah. It was the it was the it was the hardest I've ever worked as an estate agent yeah. from nine till twelve to try and get these in. And we were calling people that we um, knew didn't want to see things, but were just trying. And anyway, with about an hour mm -hmm. to go, we got our five each, and then yeah. we're watching it with some bad food in the back office on a phone, tiny screen. But when when Studge scores right at the end there and you see Gary Neville jumping on everyone and the bundle, that's probably... England has given me no real highlights in Euros in my lifetime, no. to be honest. But that goal was unbelievable. Yeah, no, I agree. That was actually sensational. And we did get... I think we got a bit of telling off afterwards because we were so loud. Correct. Just, what, just watching throughout the game and all the, all the profanities that came out of when we were watching. Yeah. Um, no, I completely agree. And that was a, yeah, the problem is your boss wasn't, I think any other footballing man who was a boss would probably join in. But oh, yeah. he, he was not a footballing, he wouldn't mind us saying he's not a footballing man to say the least. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought Man United were going to win the Euros, I think. So <laughs> he was uh, one of those. Uh, but what about you, Joe? You got any highlights, mate? I have. I mean, obviously watching England um, comes with it is, elation but also heartbreak doesn't it and there's the one particular game in 2004 against Portugal I don't know if both mm. of you remember that where mm. it finished two or well after extra time and we lost 6-5 on penalty shootout I can't remember if that was the same time when Ronaldo got Rooney it. sent off and winked I can't remember if that was 2004 yeah, it was wasn't it well, well Portugal haven't knocked us out they haven't knocked out twice of they or after yeah, that. It's I'm pretty sure that wouldn't that be? I thought. Or was it that, oh, was that the World right, Cup? Yeah. In I can't remember Ronaldo playing that early, but I could be completely wrong. I thought it might be. I thought it was maybe a bit later, but carry on, mate. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah hmm. but it was just just one of those games, isn't it? You know, typical as an England fan. You know, you, you're watching the game, you're huffing and puffing, <laughs> cheering your team on, and you get through the penalty. You're just thinking, is this going to be our time? Is this going to be our it time? Didn't their uh, goalkeeper Ricardo's heartbreak? Yeah, I, th I think he did. I think that was the uh, that was the telling moment. Um, mm. Yeah, it was. Was two thousand and four? Yeah. Where was that? Uh, yeah, like you said, could we get mixed up with the World Cup? Was that when Sol Campbell had a disallowed header? I think because apparently be, he kind of yeah, playing as well, against, wasn't he? yeah. We actually yeah before that we yeah Ricardo yeah before we went to penalties yeah. yeah before we went to the penalties so we were two I think extra time Sol Campbell scored the the, the, the a great header. But apparently he's jumped on the yes. jumped on the back of someone, which he, he did. I mean, he did, but he's a centre half. Do you know what I mean? That he's he's gonna he's gonna do that. Yeah. Like he's you think that's every other centre half, no other in the rest of the tournament, there was no other free kick given. And in fact, that was in 2004, where tackling you tackle a bit harder as well. 
Mm, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like he's actually bundled this bloke. No, so that was uh, I've just checked actually the, the the sending off was two years later in the World Cup right. when uh, yeah, Rooney winked. So at, um, so would I would I be right in saying two thousand and four was where Rooney really broke out burst onto and, the scene? And, yeah, and then did he get injured? He got injured. Broke yeah. his ankle. Broke yeah. his ankle, didn't he? Or yeah, something like he, that. Now with it, I remember when he got the ball, it was like you know. It's almost when Sanchez he was incredible, gets the ball now, or Sykes going to happen, or Foden gets the ball now. It's like here we go, get yeah. him on that ball. Um, but yeah. yeah, heartbreak, heartbreak with it, with England again. But um, hopefully, our fortunes will change. Well, it's weird, isn't it, with England? I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much. Everyone talks mm. about England in the Euros. You've probably got a lot of people talking about, it, but it's just weird how you get so even for club. Like I'm like think I'm a, a bit of a Leicester City fan, but. I don't, I've never even watched, even my own team, if I'm stood on the sideline, I never take it as seriously or get so worried, even with a, an indirect free kick from 50 yards. I never get so more, like, as nervous as watching England. Nice. Don't know why. I think it's probably because they only play, it, like, really competitively every other year. So that when they do play, every game is so important. So even before the build-up, you get nervous. During the game, you're thinking, oh, God, like it's, your emotions go to a completely end of the spectrum when you score and when you concede a goal and how angry you get and you don't want to. Don't, I, don't, I think all of us are quite quite nice people, not not fighters. But you probably <laughs> look at look at the ref. The ref makes a bad decision. You turn, suddenly turn violent. <laughs> yeah, it's not enjoyable, it is it? Watching England, no, it's not. You, you, you it's don't not. enjoy it. You don't sit down for ninety minutes. And say, oh, this is going to be fun. It, it's not. It's yeah. exhausting. It's draining. So um, exhausting. Yeah, you're right. You're so exhausting. But yeah, no, I, I completely agree. My, I think Jack, I'd probably that was my favourite Euros. To be honest, I think because I can't remember back. I can't remember back to 08 yeah. But yeah, I remember that's... 08 was the one we didn't qualify anyway. So that's mm. the. So, I mean, the 2012 one was the worst. And I've got some quiz on it later, so I won't go too much into it. But, yeah, that that Sturridge goal. And Sturridge was... That was just as he was coming to the end, wasn't it, of his, like, momentum of the of the, the Suarez, the... Um, the Suarez, SAS. F, the S, SAS, yeah. Yeah. The SAS, that's what I was... Yeah. And it's, it's Sturridge was on the pitch and probably getting the same criticism as what Harry Kane's getting now is he doesn't look like he's working as hard. He's just lingering on the edge of the box. Turns out his goal, he's actually lingering on the edge of the box, plays a lovely little one-two, bundles through and slots it home, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Good. it's actually, it's an underrated finish, that topo, isn't yeah. it? Where it's kind of the only, it, only way he could have scored. I, I just it. want to know you... one, one other thing, if I can. And uh, when you sort of said favourite Euro memories, this is my, in my opinion, um, the best international side of my lifetime. Euro 2012 final. Spain, Italy. I don't know if either of you remember the score. Was it? Uh, 4-3 Spain, wasn't it? It was 4-0 Spain. 4-0 Spain. 4-0 Spain, a final against Italy. And I don't know if either of you remember, but um, they were strikerless, Spain. And I want you to... They played a 4-6. And I'm going to reel out their team. Only one is a bit underwhelming, but it was Casillas. Arbeloa at right back, who is the underwhelming yeah. one, but still had a Real Madrid, though, wasn't Real Madrid, so yeah. good career. So PK Ramos, Jordi Alba. Then it was a midfield three of Xavi, Busquets, Xavi Alonso. And then in front of them, making a six, was Fabregas, David Silva, Iniesta. 
Have <laughs> you ever heard of a better <laughs> midfield? How can you ever get the ball from them? You can't. I mean, you this can't. is an Italy side that had Bonucci, Chiellini, Buffon, Perlo, De Rossi, 4 0. They just couldn't get near them. That was the best side I've ever seen in international football. What's interesting? You know who scored those goals? Oh, sorry, Joe, you go. No, I was just going to say, what's really interesting is obviously they won it, didn't they, in 2012? And then two years later, in the World Cup, they got knocked out, didn't they? Correct me if I'm wrong, in the group stages. And then mm. all over the Spanish newspapers was like, the golden generation, it's gone. This is it. Crisis for Spain. So that's well, really 20, quite interesting. 2012 was the pinnacle. Am I right in saying they won 08, then the World Cup 10? Yeah, they the won 2010. Yeah. 2010, they won. Yeah, the, yeah. weren't they, them in France are the only team to go and do the doubles, aren't they? If, to if, win if, one and then win one next one. If anyone is thinking after you just said who scored the goals that day, it was David Silva, Jordi Alba, and then two subs, Fernando Torres and Juan Mata. You know, I've just named those six midfielders, then they bring Mata on. They also brought Pedro I, on. I feel Torres was injured, wasn't he? Because he well, was... No. He, I mean, he came on that with was, 15 that to was go Liverpool. and scored. That was Liverpool days. He didn't go to Chelsea till 2010. Well, that must have been 20, Liverpool days. This, this was the 2012 final. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, of course it was. My bad, yeah. I'm getting confused. Yeah, Sorry, well mate. done. Thank well you. done. Yeah. So, but it's actually, chaps. It's actually, actually, first and foremost, I I know I've just mentioned England, gone a bit of a tangent about how passionate we all get. We actually do have some listeners, by the way. From I showed Jack the other day, we we've had some listeners from other from other countries within Europe, Luxembourg, Malta. We're we're going. Wow. Yeah, people are actually listening. I know. I know. South Africa. Sweden? Which we should actually cover, to be honest. Sweden, yeah. A mm. uh, lot of... Yeah, Holland as well. So, all of the above. So, let us know if you actually get as passionate or if it's just an England thing where we just feel we're so entitled. We we invented association football and we think it's coming home and, and all this and we, we, we get so... Oh, we, we surely have to win this one and we've got all the players from the prem, best English players from the Premier Leagues in our team and... Yeah, yeah so be let us know if you actually get as, get as passionate particularly their expectation their countries as well whether it's the same over here yeah. in England that we all expect to win do you think other countries laugh at us with how must much do. expectation we put mm. on ourselves I mean they must hate us our fans I mean England fans are great but they, you do get the, the minority that do cause that those issues remember Porto they all got I, I had a couple of mates who are out there and there were some England fans there was just they're all being there was a big thing in Porto, but everyone was being quite normal. There were obviously there was they they took over the centre of Porto. There were riot police, but they weren't causing any hat ha- like weren't causing any issues. And there was just one person who decided to throw a bottle into the <laughs> just only one person decided to throw a bottle into the and then literally that was it. That's all hell breaks so, loose. It? And then they a, start, they literally, yeah, exactly. So, but no, I'm, I'm interested to know if, yeah, like you said, like we're so entitled and we haven't won one since 1966 and we sing It's Coming Home, which is the best song. I always get goosebumps when I sing it. Mm. But do you think like someone like Spain or France who've won it so many, like they've won it loads. Do you ever think they come up to a year and have the same excitement mm. as us? Or do they think, oh, it's the year I'd rather go and watch Liga or something like that? I think they're probably a lot more grounded, think? a lot more grounded than we are. Exactly. I think, mm. I yeah. think they are. Definitely. I agree. Yeah, but... their thoughts though, definitely. When you when you Absolutely. I was looking through like the France, if you when you look at France, Germany, and Spain and Portugal, and you look at their starting elevens in this tournament, it is just peppered with Real Madrid, Barcelona, PSG, Bayern Munich, Juventus players, and then our team, 
we've got an Everton, a Villa, a Leeds, a West mm. Ham in our starting line, and then our country expects us to roll them over. Yeah, but it does yeah. show the but it does show the strength and depth of the Premier League, doesn't it? It shows that you've got these up and coming players coming through, not just the big, the top four, whatever that is now. Uh, that's good to see. So even mm. more credit if we can go on and, and do something with yeah. those players. Absolutely. Don't, don't, Absolutely. Yeah, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. I like that Gareth has accepted because there has there's definitely been a, yeah. you know, um, in previous years, you needed mm-hmm. to play for a big team to play for England. And there's yeah. not anymore. And I do like that's that. That's gone but, now. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, for us to have yeah. about four or five in our starting lineup, it's not even playing Champions League football. You know, yeah. they're, not, they're not at the top of the game. Some of them not mm. are even in Europa League. Why are we expecting our team to go and win? Yeah, exactly. And the Premier League, by the way, has is like the biggest... This year is the biggest feeder... Is the biggest feeder league into the Euros. Mm. So we have is something it? like... Well, I can't yeah, remember the yeah. status, like the 20... Yeah. Out of all the players in the Premier League or who playing Champions League, Premier League or Champions League Europa League, there's like 20, 23 out of 26 are from the Premier League or something. I can't remember the stat. I'll try and find it throughout here. But we're the biggest feeder league this year, which yeah. says a lot about the Premier League as well. Mm, but definitely. yeah, it probably we, shows we the quality in. of our... Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's what makes it best, one of the best leagues in the world. So but if you didn't know, I was before this pod, did a bit of research and the Euros is actually... The tournament of the underdogs. So, okay. can you remember? I mean, there's a big standout underdog. Yeah, isn't there? Greece. Which one? Which one? Yeah, Greece. absolutely. And, what and in 2004, 2004, didn't they? They, yeah, they did beat indeed. Portugal in the final. They they did indeed. Uh, you've probably used used one of your questions for the quiz. So, well done. <laughs> um, we'll take that one, Bill. You, you invited that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just my knowledge. Uh, take it. I should have just said, as well as Greece. Any other ones you can remember? I mean, we, some were going back a fair, fair old way. Hmm. Uh, no, well, no, I mean, I, I don't even remember Denmark. I know I mentioned it then, but I, I know that year they, they didn't even qualify, did they? Someone pulled out for some reason and they got Yeah, in. well, so, yeah, that's the thing. So, 1992, this yeah. was Peter Schmeichel days, wasn't it? Uh, Denmark yeah. had actually failed to qualify. But they only got in after war-torn Yugoslavia were disqualified. Hmm. So, they, yeah, yeah so like you said, they weren't actually, they weren't actually in it. And, they only they only went on well in the tournament, didn't they? And they finished second in their group with England. Uh, they're in the same group as England, and they 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 finished second. And they upset who they upset Netherlands. And it was back in the day. Can you remember it when you could do passbacks? So they literally to waste a load of time. I mean, it's, I think it's quite iconic. So probably for the last, I think it was like the last ten minutes. It was literally. Casper Schmeichel, or Peter Schmeichel, Casper Schmeichel probably wasn't born. Peter Schmeichel just roll it out and just pass it back to him, pick it up, throw it back to another defender, pass it back to him, pick it up. Honestly, absolute... I hope that yeah. was the end of that rule that year. I think it was. I can't remember. Yeah, I, after they were doing it for so long. Um, but yeah, they two, they beat, beat Germany 2-0. Have either Croatia or Czech Republic won it? No, I don't think so. Unsure. I have to cut. I'll come back to you on that one. Mm. Um, I know Jonathan they had a teams. good chance. They had a good chance in, I want to say in 2008, uh, 2012, Slavin Bilic. They had a real inform mm. Croatia because they're quite yeah. aging now. Yeah, they yeah, are. Slavin Bilic, Slavin Bilic is inform. They had obviously Modric and he is, I mean, we spoke about his goal before the pod that he scored last night. Um, but they had, do you think all of their players that they had, Manzukic was 
he'd be a lot younger back in the day. You had um, was it Brozovic back in the day, Perisic, who a couple of years younger was electric. Dario Serna at right back was a bandit. Mm. Same as Pe- same, same as Czech Republic though. If you remember Paolo Nedved, what a player he was. Grew up watching him yeah. at the Juventus, an absolute midfield maestro. Um, yeah, they've had a few. Petr Czech, uh, well. Yep, and uh, Milan... Baros. Baros. Porridge. <laughs> I nearly said after Porridge. Polish. Big Yang collar up front. Yeah, like, Yang collar. Big, yeah. bold. Riziki. Mm. Yeah, Riziki from Arsenal. They had a yeah. great team back in the day, didn't they? There have been some others as well. Um, in the... I didn't actually write down the year. What an idiot. Um but the year that I suppose it has Arda Turan was in this team. So, but this is when Turkey were actually the comeback king, kings and they went into the tournament with so, a man, they had a, like a longer injury and suspension list than their actual, their actual squad list. And they came back and they were, um, I think it would be Fatty Terim was the manager or something like that because he was the comeback king of all squads. And then he was the, then he was the, Turkey, Turkey manager. They were two 0 down to Portugal, and they that, that like, they lost in the first round in their first group game to Portugal. Two 0 Everyone wrote them off. They ended up in the semis that year. Um, that. Yeah, and no, that would have been two thousand eight because that was when Slavin Bilic was Croatia manager. So yeah, they actually got to the they actually got to the semis that year, and then yeah. lost to lost to Germany in the well. It's when Germany reached the final. Blimey! There you go. Thank you, Marco. So, Good yeah. knowledge. Hey, cheers. I do my research. Do my research. Yeah. But yeah, I would say I'd actually say Denmark is the although Greece was a complete was a was a great one. I actually think Denmark was a good one. It was a good underdog story as well. So next is a more of a trivia quiz. So one point for every question, but you if you need to want if you want a clue, you're allowed half a point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So start off with Joel, in 2004, Greece won the Euros that year. Mm-hmm. Who did they beat? I beat Portugal. Correct. Correct. So one point for you, Jolie. Jack, arguably, in 1988, Marco van Basten scored the greatest ever goal in the Euros, if you can remember, the one that kind of came, yeah. came over his head. What country was it against? Oh, God, that was the question I didn't want. I don't know, Germany. No, you can get a clue for half a point, mate. If you want to... Give me a clue, then. If you want a clue. You sound a bit, sound a bit mad, mate. You can cheer up. Yes. <laughs> Vladimir. It's... it's didn't want uh, that president is, It's president is Vladimir Putin. Oh, Russia. Yes. Well done. Or USSR wow. at the time, but we'll take... We'll take, take Russia. Joel... Yeah. Who were the winners of the 2012 Euros? Spain. Correct. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Correct. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I didn't know that I would have got it. I would have come up before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Jack, in 2012, who was England's top passer? Oh, my God. Ooh. Um, top passer. Who is going to beat Gerard to this? I don't know if we would have been oh. so much passes out from the back. Um, yeah, I'm just going to say Gerard, but I don't think it'll be right. Gerard, I'll give you a clue. Give you a clue. You could argue he really only got his chance in England at the probably towards the end of his career. 
central midfielder. Michael Carrick? No. Owen Hargreaves? No. No. Go on, Joel. I've got a feeling it might be Joe Cole. No, it's actually Scott Parker. Ooh. Wow. Never got yeah. that. No, never yeah. I didn't even, like, before then, apparently, I can't even remember having a standout tournament. I actually can't remember England having a standout tournament. All I remember <laughs> vaguely is Ibrahimovic scoring that overhead kick from miles out against us, and that was it. Mm. Joel, yeah. England failed to qualify in 2008, but who was the top goal scorer in our qualifiers? For England? Yeah. Got to be Rooney, isn't it? Yeah, that's what nope. I just said. I'll give you a clue. He does another podcast. Cool. Wow. Fairly big. Yeah. So is he. Oh, Peter Crouch. Yeah. Yes, correct. He scored five. And then the next was Stephen Gerrard with four. Blimey. There you go. Yeah. Jack, who scored the winner in England in the Euros uh, in our game against Wales in 2016? Oh, Studge. Yeah, there you go. So, final two questions. Joel, what number did Cristiano Ronaldo wear for Portugal when he, when he, in his first Euros, or when he first broke onto the Portugal scene internationally? Mm, it's got to be seven, isn't it? No, it's not seven. Jack? Well, uh, I will go, I don't think it'll be 1 to 11. I will go with 17. Correct. Oh, 17. my God. Great guess. Yeah. Very impressive. <laughs> Some of that. I, actually had the, I actually had the shirt with 17 on. Um, and Jack, final question. How many players from the England Euro 2016 squad are now in the Euro 2020 squad? Oh, can't be many. We're so young. I mean, looking at our oldest ones, Walker, Trippier, Walker was probably there. I don't know if Trippier was. I'm going to say four. Four. Joel, any advances or? Uh, I think he's around. Less? Yeah, I'll go for five. Four. No, we're not going to do closest because that's a cop-out, but the answer is six. Uh... Fancy having a guess at who they are? Walker's one of them? Is Trippier one? No. Harry Kane? Yeah. Sterling? Pickford? No. John Stones? Yeah. Henderson? Yeah. Oh, great guesses, guys, by the way. Did did Luke Shaw get one? No. Who broke onto the scene 2016? Rashford. Youngster. Yes. Wow. Rashford. Wouldn't have said that. Well done. No. 2016 Euros. So, yeah. I wow. thought I tried to think before, and I just couldn't. I didn't even think of one, to be honest. So, yeah, cool. six players managed to get through. So, final scores. Final scores. Joel, you edged it by half a point. Well done. Yes. That's two quizzes for you in two weeks. Yeah, I know. Back to back wins. You oh, all wrote me incredible. off for the first few weeks. Now well I'm done, back. Joel. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> so, we are in Europe and we're focusing on the group stages this episode. So we're going to move on to the analysis of our group stages.
Hi guys, it's Jack from Tevs here. Thanks as ever for listening to the podcast. And if this is your first time, then welcome. If you're enjoying it as much as we are producing it, then we would love it if you help us branch out to a greater audience. So you can do that just by telling a friend or a family member who you think may have a little interest in obtaining some more football knowledge. If you want to interact with us, we would love it if you did, even if it's to abuse us on how badly we do on our trivias. Tell us about the players that we put forward, what countries you want us to visit soon. You could do all of that at Tef's Pod on all of the social medias, being Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. That's at Tef's Pod, T-E-F-S Pod. Or you can email us on tefspod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of the pod. So I'm going to start off. I had groups A and B. So in Group A, I had Italy, Wales, Turkey, Switzerland. And in Group B, Belgium, Denmark, Finland and Russia, all in that order. First and foremost, chaps, what are our thoughts of the youngsters in the Euros? Not many of them, is there? No. No. You know, no, it's, not. It's, I'm, yeah, I'm quite disappointed at the lack of under-23s in there, to be honest. Um, it feels I, like... Yeah, sorry, mate, go on. No, no, I mean, I'm, so I've got Groups E and F and I can only come up with three of note who have had good tournaments under 23. So I don't know how many you've got. I mean, I know Turkey were quite young, weren't they, Marco? And albeit the, yeah. the most disappointing team at the tournament, it was everyone's dark horse to have a good, good effort. Mm. And they've been absolutely awful. Um, but between the others, I don't know how many, I'm, I'm sure you've looked into it, but can't be too many young, young ones in there. Turkey, Turkey had five under 23s, which is the most of any other team. Mm. So out of a 26 man squad, you have five. A fifth really? is the most, yeah. Oh, that's, wow. That is the that is the most a team has. So that that kind of goes to show, and they basically built around Yurak Yilmaz as well. But you know, I agree. It's the I don't know where there's so where people have waited a year, and every country's really want it. Obviously, every country every year really wants to win it. But maybe because you wait an extra year for it, it's even like the weight's got even more, and there's more pressures put on countries. So then you have to rely on your more experienced players, and you don't really have those youngsters coming through. But England in 2016, I mean, we, I think we, we've got a fair few youngsters. Well, obviously, we've got a lot of youngsters coming through now anyway, but we had a young Rashford, a younger Rashford coming through when he was, he'd probably be 18 then. Sterling would have been around the 23 mark five years ago. I reckon he'd been younger. Yeah. Mm. You feel like a lot of the teams are relying on their bigger players, their older players, Absolutely. more experienced players. Croatia, key example of that last night. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I've got three teams in this group that have no players under 23. So wow. Switzerland, who are yeah. bottom of their group, rightly so, because they've not relied yeah, on the youngsters. Turkey bottom, are they? Yeah. Oh, that's all then. Well, yeah. Switzerland... Switzerland may qualify, wouldn't they? It's, it's, uh, we've got four points. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Course, sorry, my bad. Um, but Switzerland, zero players under 23. Finland, zero players under 23. Russia, zero players under 23. Well, that. yeah. Third, third and fourth in their groups, respectively. Yeah. There you go. So the players that I found, Italy is the one I'm going to talk about, Locatelli. Mm-hmm. Uh, one for Wales that I really liked, it's certainly in their game against Italy, was Joe Roden, Spurs mm-hmm. centre-back. Mm-hmm. He yep. actually really impressed me. He was a bit of a general back there. Um, now, yeah, Turkey, none of the none of the young players. Uh, yeah, even Kengiz, I was really looking forward to seeing Kengiz under because he plays for Leicester mm-hmm. and very underwhelming. To say the least, they, mm-hmm. I mean, it, Turkey themselves were all very under, underwhelming. For Belgium, though, Jeremy Doku. Yeah, player. Don't know if we've had, don't know if you've yeah. seen much of him. You, well, you know where he's come from, don't you? Yeah. 
I know he's at Wren now, but you know where he came from originally? He's another Anderlecht boy. Yeah. I did bloke. see that. I did a bit of research on him. But yeah, there you go. Jeremy Doku. And he played when Belgium played on the... Belgium played on the... Uh, against Finland on Monday night. He was... He played on the left, didn't he? And he looked electric. Uh, I think it was Jonathan Pierce maybe, who was commentating that night. And he said in his commentary, or whoever it was, said in his commentary, Doku uh, covered the most ground in Liga Un throughout the whole season for sort of dribble, the distance cover with his dribbles. And when you sort of consider the other players in the league to be, you know, likened with your Mbappes, your Neymars, Di Marias, et cetera, et cetera. And he's, yeah. I mean, he's only, what is he, 19 maybe? or Yeah, he's 19. Good, good, uh, yeah. good stat to be top of that. He's electric. He's actually been linked with Leicester. So that'd be exciting. Wow. Yeah, he's not going to be at Ren for forever, is he? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, but then Denmark, Mikkel Damsgaard, they've had a yeah. so he's and he was actually a youngster in the World Cup as well. And he, in the World Cup, he got two goals and two assists for Denmark, and he's already on a goal in three games for Denmark this this year. So he's been a youngster that's really impressed me. And then Finland and Russia, none to mention. So, but the guy I'm going to talk about is. He's probably, I, I, I don't want to say we've unearthed him because we absolutely haven't, is Manuel Locatelli, the 23-year-old from Sassuolo. Mm-hmm. He is, I mean, what, what do we think of this guy so far? Well, uh, I mean, going into this tournament, I, I, I mean, Sassuolo, I don't know if you ever get a chance to watch them. They play great football under De Zerbi. They are really, really good to watch. And um, credit to Mancini for, like Gareth, playing people who aren't in the top, top teams of Italy. When we come into this tournament, I was thinking, when I was debating about Italy, Jorginho, Verratti, Barella, there ain't a midfield at the tournament better than them. And I didn't even think Locatelli would be in that three. Yeah. Uh, maybe Verratti's fitness has, has maybe helped that, but Locatelli's been the best one. Absolutely. Absolutely unbelievable performances. Blokes a sheer workforce as well. Like, he just he's, that, he's kind of going back to that old-fashioned number eight sort of, you could play in a 4-4-2 and still <laughs> have that still have that presence he's an absolute workhorse yeah. and is he's, he's got his first touch I've never seen it get away from it I don't know why I always look at people's first touch but it never gets away from him um, but he's actually been one of the standout central midfielders in Serie A this season mm-hmm. and I don't now me personally I don't think that there's been much, as much of a deal made about him as there probably should have been but I apologise to anyone listening who's probably calling me an idiot just because I don't I hold my hands up so I don't follow Serie A closely Mm-hmm. So those people are calling me an idiot who said, no, we've been chat- we've been shouting about this bloke for ages. Then I do apologise. But he came through the uh, the ranks at Milan, then went on loan to Sassuolo, then went back to Milan and Sassuolo then signed him for about 12 million. Any guesses on before the Euros, what he was, what, what Sassuolo were asking for him? About 20. Yeah. Mm. Joel? Yeah. Yeah. 10, 15. So, well, they're actually asking 40 for him because he actually okay. was one of the standout central midfielders. Yeah. But, so that's before now, the Euros. Imagine yeah. now, you, the to- like the, the tournament effect, if you have a good tournament, you go, certainly Premier League clubs are in from, they'll be willing to pay, um, certainly, certainly over, certainly over maybe what other Italian uh, teams are teams playing. But Juventus are the front runners amongst yeah, Premier League clubs. But I get the feeling when you're Italian, You'd rather? Would do you then? Do you see it as like an English player? Do you say oh, I want to play in Italy? Because how many Italians? So we've got. Can I think of? Can't think of too many. 
how many Italians have played in the Premier League? Yeah, like standout Italians. George, okay. Georgini, what about back in the day? Standout Italians. Diali. Canya, De Canya. Yeah. Um, Balotelli. Balotelli. Barry Balotelli. <laughs> Balotelli. <laughs> yes, yes, Joe Balotelli. But that's yeah. what I mean. That's we're struggling to take a four over an era that spans about twenty-five years. Yeah. So, mm. do you think that Italian players a might not? Well, they're certainly good enough because if you think of Italy's the international success, but why don't why aren't there as many Italian players as French Spanish players in the? Good question. In the Premier League. Good I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's a reason, or do you think it's because the, Italy is quite climate? patriotic? As well. Yeah. Italy's a lovely place, isn't it? You know, if, wow. if they're... I'm going to be ambition, honest, mate. If you're going to pay me, if you're good enough and you're going to pay me hundreds of thousands of pounds a week to play in rain, I'll play in rain. Yeah, but the thing is, when you're in Italy, you get that from Juve if you're good enough. Yeah. Here's yeah, another Italian exactly. player, particularly for those Saints fans listening. One of my all-time <laughs> greatest Saints, Graziano Pella. What a yeah. centre-forward oh. he was. <laughs> wow, what a centre-forward he was. Incredible. Now, is, it, is he still in China? I think he might be, yeah. yeah. That was the golden was era, sad, wasn't it? That was a sad Human. move. That was when you had Tadic and... Tadic, we had Mane, Wanyama, um, before Liverpool who decided the, to steal Who was the players. Argentinian attacking midfielder you had? Oh, is this the guy Gaston, who... Gaston Ramirez. Gaston Ramirez. Yeah, Gaston Ramirez. Yeah. 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 Would he have been around that time? I think he was, yeah. But he didn't yeah, really not do in it that for side, us. though. No. No, on loan no. at Burrow, I reckon, over that era. Yeah. I think he was, yeah, yeah. wasn't he? So, but yeah, so Locatelli's been listed as Juventus, one of Juventus' number one priorities this summer amongst interest from Premier League clubs. Um, but yeah, and I, I think he'd probably go for a lot more than 40 million after this tournament, but... Out of all the players that I've found, my analysis of the group games and the the, the lack of under twenty threes out of these two groups, he I, I think don't think anyone could argue he's been the standout player out of those two. Yeah, I agree. Agree. Yeah. So move on to you, Jack. Who have you seen? Well, I had Group E and F. So in E and F is uh, they're unfinished as the time of recording. They'll be finished tonight. So they've all played two: Sweden, Slovakia, Spain. Poland, France, Germany, Portugal, Hungary. Um, the three I want to touch on briefly, I think, even though they've only scored one goal and it's from the penalty spot, up front for Sweden, Ishak has looked absolutely superb, I think. Yeah. Absolutely electric. Um, 17 goals for Sociedad this season. So people, he's made noise anyway in La Liga. And Sweden are very much a Atletico Madrid of the international stage, 4-4-2, low block, try and hit on the break. And Ishak looks like the only real guy who can create out of nothing. I think he, it, like you just said about Locatelli, his price tag has just, just you know, um, gone up considerably. Yeah. Someone who I can't believe is 22 years old is Kai Havertz at Germany. I thought, yeah. there's no, I thought there's no way he's under 23. No, no. I mean, I must admit, 24-25 was in the bracket, I thought. Mm. But um, Germany don't rule them out. They, I know France beat them. I thought Germany looked quite good. And I feel like with the Germans, they will get better as the tournament goes on. But Havertz was just... Uh, is, is, is his time at Chelsea's gone on. He's got better and better as the season's gone on. And now he looks like he is firing. He's so Never clever. easy being a, being a youngster at 22 years old. What was he, 70, 80 million? Yeah. That's not Since an that, easy price that tag that to live up to. Champions League final goal, it's almost like he's got so much confidence and momentum from yeah. that going into the Euros. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's what every person who watched the Bundesliga and him at Leverkusen was expecting from mm. him to just come out finally. It's took some time. Um, can't believe he's 22. And then the, the final one is just classic. Classic me is uh, little Pedri at Spain. Um, what a mm. footballer he is. Just He's just Spanish, isn't he? Yeah. He's in the as a kid. And he just produced Pedri. Yeah. And, and the mother was Xavi. And, and yeah, just, just yeah, yeah. yeah, and out comes him. He will be, he'll play at four or five tournaments if his career is injury free. You would have thought, you know, um, captain, surely. Yeah, why not? He's so mature for his age. The way he yeah. plays is just, um, you he's 18, I think. I mean, maybe 19. I think I you're should, right. I think you're yeah. right. He is 18. Yeah, I mean, he plays like a 30 year old. He, mm, his, yeah. his intelligence and the way. He, the way he finds spaces and, and moves the ball, he slows it down, then speeds it up. I just think he's absolutely superb. Just so um, Spanish, isn't he? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Spanish. Um, people have been very disappointed with Spain, and I can see why um, this tournament. I still think that from from their build-up phase into the final third, that they're actually really good still, and their counter-pressing has been good. They, they really haven't conceded too many... Um, opportunities and attacks against them and Morata's got a lot of stick but I think it's just the whole front line at Spain if you look at it with Morata it's been it's been Olmo Moreno Ferran Torres and they're good players they are good players but yeah. they don't want to win you a year well I, I think they're opinion. going to a bit of a they're going to a bit of a transition stage and I think Spain in the past have had that passing culture where a Luis Enrique team anyway is hard working and with this team, you have to be that little bit more hardworking anyway to produce because you just don't have that the same quality that you had 10, 15 years ago. Mm. I still wouldn't put them past them finishing the group top tonight. No. Um, I still Me think it's, it's, yeah, very, very possible. Uh, yeah. The only one I'd like I'd like to see, even though he's over 23, but why did you bring Adama? He's that something different. You know, Danny Murphy in commentary the other day was saying, why don't they play for knockdowns? What, Spain? Play for knockdowns. <laughs> well, how, how about you bring on Adama, who might give you something different? He can, you can still play your passing football. And when you enter the yeah. final third, you've got someone who's got the speed to go buy someone because Olmo and Ferran Torres don't. Mm, um, yeah, that's the yeah they're lacking different. speed, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, Joel, how was your group stages? Yeah, so I was taking in uh, Group C and Group D. Uh, I'll start with with Group C, which included uh, Netherlands, Austria, Ukraine, North Macedonia. So Netherlands winning the group, winning all, all three games. Austria qualifying um, after with with uh, six points in the end, beating Ukraine, didn't they, on Monday? And the guy who scored that goal, the twenty one year old Christoph. Uh, Bum, Baumgartner, <laughs> Baum Christoph Baumgartner. I've right. mentioned him a few times Christoph, before on the pod yes. already. <laughs> yeah, from uh, who obviously plays for Hoffenheim. Um, yeah. But yeah, he seems to be uh, certainly a, one of the standout players. And Austria against Italy, a lot of people will write Austria off going into that game. Obviously, Italy formidable form uh, going into that one. But I, I don't, I don't think any of those games in the last sixteen are going to be one-way traffic. I think there's going to be right. some surprises. I don't know if Austria got it in them, but he's certainly one man who can bring something different to the table. So he's really, uh, really impressed me. Another one I've mentioned when we were in Holland, uh, 
a few a uh, few weeks ago. Of course, Holland topping their group, winning three out of three. Ryan Gravenberg. Now, in the mm-hmm. first game, I think he came on as a sub, didn't he? Against and that yeah. thrilling, that five goal thriller against Ukraine. But I feel like there's a lot more to come from him. He still hasn't really, really peaked. He's, he's playing okay. For me, Wayne Yeldon's been the best player for Holland by a million miles. But I think Gravenberg Absolutely. is growing. And as the tournament goes on, I think he will be, uh, watch this space. I think he will be, will be a hero. So yeah, that's, um, Amazing. that's Group C. In Group D, of course, England uh, winning the group with seven points. Croatia qualifying last night, Czech Republic. And then uh, Scotland, Czech Republic, looks to get through as the, one of the, the highest ranked third place teams. But if you look at England, I mean, we're not going to talk too much about them, but just just the, the young quality. Last night, watching the game, screaming for Jaden Sancho to come on. Yeah. Um, what can he do in 10 minutes? Well, less than 10 minutes, about six minutes, wasn't it? What on earth is he supposed to do? I mean, credit Oh, they had Lee Dixon scored. saying, Lee Dixon coming on saying, oh, Sack has really proved his point. He's really said to the other boys, like Jaden Sancho, this is why I'm in the squad. Sancho's had 10 minutes. Mm. This what is, can he this do? Is, what can he say? What no, can Sancho I, say? I mean, this is controversial because <laughs> Sterling, you could argue we wouldn't be through if it wasn't for him because he scored both of our goals. But for me, Sancho starts ahead of Sterling, whether it's Germany, whether it's France, whether it's Portugal, whether it's Hungary in that last 16 game, Sancho plays. But the one I want to touch on is Jude Bellingham. What a true pro. He's 17 years of age. He looks, he looks 30. I mean, he looks his maturity. So his maturity on yeah. the pitch is just absolutely incredible. He's going to be an absolute yeah. world beater. So, Jude Bellingham for me for England, um, for Scotland, staying with the home nations. Billy Gilmore, what a performance he put in yeah. on uh, on Friday night. What a, Glass, an outstanding talent you, you saw, obviously Mount in, in Chilwell getting closer at the end. Obviously had to self isolate, and we, we missed them after that. But obviously, you know they're a close knit group, and they can see that this boy. It's got a huge yeah. amount of class and talent, and he's he's going to be uh, one for the future. Pat Pat Nevin um, said, "You're going to see this boy's kind. Of, he's you just know he's going to come and play every game. Well, apart from when he's isolating, but every game for Scotland for the next ten years. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, uh, yeah. really quite class. And uh, just on on Croatia, just just quickly, no real younger players. It's quite an aging squad. I just wanted to quickly touch on Luka Modric's goal last night." I mean, I've watched this that about 20 times now. What a finish. Coming to on the edge of the box, yeah. the outside of the right foot. I mean, he is just an absolute class act. If it wasn't yeah. for him and Pulisic, I don't think Croatia would have got through. But he is just one of the greatest players, I think, yeah. I've seen Timeless. in my lifetime. Many Effort- players have tried Effortless, that. Many he? players have broke their ankles trying that. And, <laughs> yeah. he's, yeah, and he's absolutely slotted it. Just, absolutely. He's one of those players who looks like he's never trying. And that's yeah. when you know... They're good, Every and he is just star Absolutely. on the show when he was at Tottenham, Real Madrid, unbelievable. So yeah, that was Absolutely. the uh, that was my uh, perfect games. Right, amazing. Cheers, chaps. Right, well, let's move on to fantasy football. So, just a quick reminder of the rules: five points for a goal, five points for a defender clean sheet, three for an assist, two points for a midfielder clean sheet, and one point for a start. So, guys, I'm last. I think I am going to be up there again. So, Ooh. Edison. So I've come. I've had a very. I've had a quite a promising week. So Edison for Fortaleza, centre back. He only got a start. Uh, one one at one point. Abba Vinicius. He played for Atletico Paranese. who was second. Four points, assist, and a start. And he's centre half as well. Oh. Arta, Jack, your shout. Four points, start, and an assist. Yeah, and 
this is where this is what comes in. So who? So Bragantino played Flamengo striker for Flamengo Rodrigo Munezi. He had he was eleven points, two goals, and a start, and that makes up for my man Wesley. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've got a curse or something. Every time I mention a player, yeah. don't play the next week. I had him as well. He's... Thanks, Marco. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it turns out he's actually what? been injured. So, he missed yeah. He missed last week after I mentioned him. And then this week, he was on the, just coming back from injury on the bench, but didn't come on. So, he's on zero. So, that gives me nine, 20 points. That's a joke. 20 points. Yeah, so, Jack, how'd you get on? Week. Um, so I had Kai Kai from Fluminese, who I knew full well was likely to come off the bench, and that's exactly what happened. He got zero points. Artur, as you said, for Bragantino, got four. Yuri Alberto for Internacional got one. Mosquito, not in the squad, did come back to bite me in the ass. <laughs> so hey, thank, thank you very much, Mosquito. Hey. And finally, Felipe Rocha Andrade of Santos, thankfully in defence, did get a clean sheet and a start. So he got six, total of 11 Ooh. 11. Double figs is good, mate. Double I figs agree. is good. I That's was what happy you want. with 11. Yeah. Yeah. Joel, well, how'd you go, mate? Yeah, same as Jack. 11 points, uh, <sighs> which puts us on exactly exactly the same. So go through it. Guga, who I dubbed the new Cafu for Atletico yeah. Mineo. One point started. Got the six points, clean sheets, and a start for Yawa Victor for Corinthians. Um, Edison Lorenko for Teleza, one point. Wesley, I went with Marco's recommendation, didn't even get yeah. on the pitch, no points. And Nunes Di Castro, Helio <laughs> Jr. from Bragatino <laughs> got an assist and started three points, gives me 11. Uh, so that gives me 59, no, 58. 58 in total, same as you, Jack, and you got 65, Marco. Nice, back on top where I belong. So, in replacement of doing a, obviously we can't do a fantasy football going forward for the Euros. We're going to pick our six aside for of our of our team so far. So, how I've picked my six aside of the of the tournament, I've not gone on who's kind of impressing most. Well, I have a little bit, but actually, if I was playing in, if I was going to play in a six aside team, I'm going to want players who are versatile. Even the keeper can play anywhere. So, I've gone Pickford as a goalkeeper because his distribution is incredible and he's still not conceded a goal Kimmich and Alaba so going for a four uh, going for a 2-2-1 so Kimmich and Alaba playing at the back both very mobile versatile in the middle Foden and Locatelli and up front Mbappe interesting I've gone with a 2-2-1 also I've got a couple of players similar to you um, my team is based on it's essentially my opinion of team of the group stage so yeah. impressive performances and I can't find a goalkeeper who you can say has had a better tournament than Jordan Pickford. Three games, no goals conceded, yeah. distribution good, hasn't had to make too many saves, but only Olsen of Sweden, who's only played two games, has conceded zero and obviously the Italians. Bonaruma, um, yeah. Yeah, so Pickford's in goal for me and my my two at the back are Denzel Dumfries from Holland, two goals, right wing back. I think he's had a great tournament so far. And Spinazzola from Italy. So right-footed left back has just, they've dominated down the left side in their attack and he's been so forward-thinking. He's been brilliant. Locatelli, absolutely can't not put him in your team of the Euros so far alongside Wijnaldum, who's got three goals to his name and as Joel said earlier, probably you know, uh, Netherlands' best player, with Lukaku up front. Yeah, that is a monster. You don't want to be playing at the back and six aside playing against Lukaku. You just pin you everywhere. Mm. What about you, Joe? How'd you get, what have you gone Yeah, for? I've gone for a, a sort of team that I think 
we just look to get it for win one nil. Just keep it tight. Uh, I've gone for I've gone for one three one. So I tell you, I've been really impressed with Jan Sommer, the Switzerland goalkeeper. If it wasn't for him, Switzerland, I don't think yeah. stand a chance of qualifying. He's, good, Sommer, he's yeah, a class act. Some of this is unreal. So um, he's my keeper. Controversially at the back, I've gone for Chris Meppham, who I think's done well, well done, for Joel. Wales. I think he's well done, done really mate. well for Wales. He's had a lot of critics and. Um, He's put in some big performances, that one against Turkey. So yeah. fair play to him. I had to go with Modric, didn't I, to pull the strings in mid- midfield. The two yeah. holding midfielders will be Jorginho <laughs> for Italy and Hoybier, the former Saints man. So keeping it nice and tight. <laughs> and then, of course, hit Lukaku up front. Boom. So, yeah, you're not conceding, mate. You two, are going one chance. Two, two holding midfielders in a six-a-side team. You <laughs> float. The yeah, Modric can just float. Feed Lukaku. Done. Float. Yeah. Modric. Modric gets off the floor. Fair play. <laughs> Fair play. Right, just to just to wrap it up, then, chaps. Predictions. Who are we? Who are we going to say are looking like the winners so far? I have done the uh, the app, the predictions in the app, and I have got a Italy Germany semi, a Portugal Netherlands semi, which then leads to an Italy Portugal final with winners as Italy, but I just can't rule out the Germans, but I'll say, I'll say Italy. Yeah. Joel? It's tough, isn't it? I've, I'm torn between Italy and in Belgium. I, I just can't see Italy conceding. I just can't see them, <laughs> them losing. I really can't. I know I've picked up that, that guy for Austria, but I'm going to go with Italy to yeah, win it. Well, you both are the worst. I'm going England. I blindly follow Southgate. It's tap the blokes a genius. Plays right backs <laughs> at left back. Haven't conceded a goal. And we are absolutely dominating our games apart from Scotland. And I think dominated. Boys, boys, it's coming home. I, I believe it. It's coming home. I'm that I'm that England fan. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna cause a riot in Salisbury Market Square later. I might throw a bottle at someone, shave a shave a St. George's in my head. It's coming home. I hope, I hope your predictions are better than mine. Before the tournament, I was like, Turkey are going to be in the semis and Ukraine <laughs> are going to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Anyways, but chaps, I that's been really good. Anyways, chaps, I know we haven't discussed where we are next week. Should we, Don't need should we release we? it later? Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's have a think about it. Yeah, we'll release surprise. it later. Yeah, we'll surprise you. Anyway, cheers, chaps. Been a pleasure, Marco. Thoroughly Thanks, Marco. It. Thanks for the chat. Hey, that's all right. And listeners, you can get in touch with us on all the socials at Tef's pod. You want to slide into our DMs, tweet us. Uh, I think the Instagram's going a bit better than the Twitter, Jack. And email us at tefspod at gmail.com. We will see you there.